Now Barnabas Grayson, you come and bring us our sermon, Why the Evil? Connected? All right. Wow. Crowded today. We know that the last seven days or the eight days, however you look at it, has been very trying for our nation and trying to deal with the tragedy that happened there at Sandy Hook School. To be there uh, at a time when the routine of the day was to go to class and then, and then go home after school was out, it just didn't happen for, for many of those people and those children that were killed. And we were all shocked, we were all sorrowed, and though far away, it still affected many of us different ways and we can only imagine the grief that the parents the grandparents the uncles and the uh, aunts all have for the loss of their loved ones that mass killing is one of the many things that have brought into question the way our nation is headed and it has brought no doubt shame to our nation as our news is filled with stories and accounts by you know, what is referred to the talking heads we see on TV. And as Matt uh, indicated, you know, this is one incident where I just really did not want to be absorbed by all the high definition details. And the big question, however, is why? Why, in the aftermath of all that has happened, why? Psychologists, criminologists, sociologists, what have you, all look for some way to understand what happened. And everything from video violence and games and movies to mental health and social and economic influences to gun ownership to lack of security have all been talked about and it will continue to be talked about for a long time. I sometimes have wondered why some refer to our America as the great Satan perhaps out of envy, or maybe they somehow deplore the evil, the corruption, the greed, the demonic and occult movies, the hero worship, and the insanity of unpredictable violence that happens here on a peaceful day. And it's things like the recent shootings where innocent victims are in the wrong place at the wrong time that makes our society a risk anytime we go somewhere. We know that bad things can happen anywhere and at any time. But why the evil? It's this age, and we know that this is it's this age that we live in. Satan is the prince of the power of the air. He deceives the whole world in various ways. He preys upon our weakness, upon our human nature like a, like a hungry lion, just as he found an open mind who would go out and kill innocent victims. But we know that his role in this life is often left out, left out of the talk of the reasons as to why we suffer the evil that happens. 
Many think the devil is not real. So he can have his way uh, without detection as he enters human thoughts through whatever uh, channels there are that are open to his wavelength. And while many may shy away from admitting the devil, they do recognize the reality of evil. But if only they would add the first letter D to evil, the answer as to why bad things happen would become clear. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2, it, uh, the Apostle Paul tells us that in times past that we walked according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in children of disobedience. In Job chapter 1 and in verse 6, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it all over the place through whatever means or methods that he is able to travel this planet of ours. And the Lord said unto Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that fears God and esteems evil? Then Satan answered, he answered the Lord, he said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Have not you made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth your hand now and touch all that he has and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that, the, all that he has, all that Job has, is in your power. Only upon himself put not forth your hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. So we see in the search for an answer, we see that bad things do happen to good people. And we see also that in the last days that evil is prophesied to come. But who pays attention when Many think that God is a myth, that Jesus never was, that Satan is not real either. Instead, we evolve from the slime of the sea. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. We know that this is going to happen because we're told, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And back up in chapter 2, Paul's, Paul tell, is telling Timothy about Bible study and the teaching that must be done in order to guide man away from the evil of this world. In verses 24 through 26 of chapter 2, where Paul is saying, The servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil 
who are taken captive by him at his will. So we see there, there is a way to teach, but when that gentle teaching is not working, when God has given man every chance to repent and acknowledge his sin, then other means are used to awaken them to the things that bring on pain in their life. But we also know that there is a time coming when the word of God must and will be preached with boldness to the messenger's own destruction because they, uh, they won't like it. They'll hate it. But here in verse 2, we see all the reasons that we live in dangerous times, these perilous times, these dangerous times. Men shall be lovers of, lovers of their own selves. They don't care about anybody else, but number one, they are selfish. They are covetous, wanting this or that, however they can get it. They're boasters, they're proud, they're blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. Not only from those who espouse such uh, things that are contrary to God, but to turn away from these things that we see as going against the will of God, as in being unthankful and unholy. We know that there is a cause and after effect to everything that we do, whether it's good or bad. And we see in these verses things that bring on danger things that have brought on peril, the perilous times in which we live. But it's been like that since the beginning of history. And we realize, too, that there is no fear of God in the land. Few realize that the result of evil ways is eternal death in a lake of fire, but not before they face judgment and shame, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. But the pulls of evil will become more and more stronger because the fear of God will become less and less. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 12. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Lawlessness is going to increase. It's going to be multiplied as other uh, translations present this verse. Evil will take over what is good, and it will come in various ways, hitting people's minds with all sorts of weird and despicable things. Video games, like I heard on one news report, like Mortal Kombat, like a game that has to do with daycare shooting, with children poking their heads out of windows and, and uh, would-be killers shooting at them. And others have been mentioned as things that have led to violence. When the video game doesn't do it anymore, then sometimes they're insensitized and want to see what it would be like on real people, real life people. How is the game? 
in re reference to some maybe video game or movie. Some might ask, how's the game? How was it? And you might say, it's a good game. You ought to play it. You ought to do it. It's a good movie. You ought to go see it. So on and so forth. And this is where the love of many shall wax cold. Because recently, even yesterday, some have shown insensitivity and lack of empathy with death threats made to schools so that uh, schools are put into lockdown or sent home early. These things, the violence, the culture that we live in, and I know that there is going to be, there would just bound to be uh, pros and cons about that idea, but these things do and can have an effect on impressionable minds, especially the young, and that's what Satan's looking for. Get them while they're young, and then when they're a, bit, a little bit older, then they can uh, do these things, and where all sense of right is darkened. And the devil will prod, he will poke, he will tempt, until all sense of right is darkened. You might realize, hey, I should not be doing this, I should not be saying this, I should not be thinking this, I should not be seeing this, but the devil will say, because he's a prince of the power of the air, go ahead, it's okay. So we know that there is a cause and effect, though some will argue against some of the things that we see in the word of God. In Isaiah 5, and in verse 20, it says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil that put darkness for light and light for darkness that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter that's the devil that's the evil that is at work deceiving man into ways that are opposite God's will Jeremiah chapter 18 Verse 1, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. It's going to cause Jeremiah to understand the meaning behind his words, to see it in a visual way, so that Jeremiah would be able to understand. So then I, Jeremiah, I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. He was doing something on the wheel, the potter's wheel that spins with a lump of clay on it. If you ever worked one of the potter's wheels, it's, you know, it's a spinning uh, slab, flat slab with a ball of roll, a roll of clay that is placed on it, moistened. And then you build and you shape that clay as it spins and as it comes up. And it can be shaped into a variety of different uh, shapes. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter, so he made it again another vessel. Sometimes clay, as you shape it, you may press too hard on one side or it may have a little uh, bit of uh, uh, foreign uh, matter in it, and it will flop and fall down and it will be misshapen. So you start again. So it doesn't always work out the first time uh, uh, for the potter. I've only had uh, one potter's class in college, and uh, we had to make our clay from, from the dirt, from the sand. And um, we had kick wheels. We didn't have the electric wheels. 
since this was, you know, a long time ago. <laughs> and uh, so sometimes if you built your pot way up high, you had to stand up. But all the time this little kick wheel was, is underneath, and so it's spinning. But if you're concentrating on your work and you forget that wheel is spinning beneath you, you're liable to step on it and it will just pull you right under. Didn't happen to me, but it happened to a friend of mine. He was standing up, building his pot, nice and neat, and then all of a sudden he steps on that wheel and he just pulls him under, underneath the, the potter's wheel. He didn't hurt himself, but uh, we didn't really laugh out loud, but he came up with his glasses all askew, like mine does sometime, and just a little sheepish grin on his face. So sometimes a, the shape of the, the clay doesn't always come out right away. But we see this potter made it again, made again another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. So all this time Jeremiah is looking at this pot, this clay being shaped into a pot. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter's, as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. At what instance, instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up and to pull down and, destroy, and to destroy it. If that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. And at what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build and to plant it. If it do evil in my sight that it obey not my voice, then I, will, then I will repent of the good wherewith I said I would benefit them. Now therefore go to speak to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem saying, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I frame evil against you and devise a device against you. Return you now, every one from his evil way, and make your ways and your doings good. Speaking to the whole nation, to those who would understand the word of, uh, word of God. So we see that God allows the evil. And it's a last resort of correction, of calling attention to the fact that man is going the wrong way. Yet in doing so, just as the potter, God is in control. And he was shaping Israel to be fine pottery, but they went astray. And God changed the good he was doing for them. And they left the good things of God for things that lead only to destruction, bent on evil and contrariness. Verse 13, Therefore thus saith the Lord, Ask you now among the heathen who hath, who hath heard such things. The virgin of Israel has done a very horrible thing. Will a man leave the snow of Lebanon which cometh from the rock of the field? Or shall the cold flowing waters that come from another place be forsaken? You've got it good. Why do you want to leave it? Because my people have forgotten me. And that's one of the reasons why there is evil. Because my people have forgotten me. They have burned incense to vanity. 
They devoted their ways to things that are vain, that are empty. And they have caused them to stumble in their ways from the ancient paths, to walk in paths in a way not cast up. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 1. The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Isaiah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. So we see that, you know, it's prophesied that evil will come. That Satan is the prince of the power of the air, influencing feeble minds. That God has been forgotten. And that there has been rebellion. The ox knows his owner, and the ass his master's crib. But Israel does not know, my people does not consider. Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors, they have forsaken the Lord, they have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger, they are gone away backward. Why should you be stricken anymore? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick and the whole heart faint. And it's sometimes noticeable, even in our own life, that there is weakness and and righteous character. There's no mental, st mental strength for doing what is good and, and no emotional fortitude to overcome evil. Isaiah chapter 6. <clears throat> and now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, I pray you, between me and my vineyard. What could have done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth grapes, brought it forth wild grapes. And now go to, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge thereof, and it shall be eaten up, and break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down. And I will lay it waste, it shall not be pruned nor digged, but there shall come up briars and thorns. I will also Command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is, in, is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah his pleasant plant. And he looked for judgment, behold, but behold, oppression. For righteousness, but behold, a cry. Woe unto them that join house to house, that lay field to field, till there be no place that they may be placed alone in the midst of the earth. In my ears, said the Lord of hosts, of a truth, many houses shall be desolate, even great and fair without inhabitant. Yea, ten acres of vineyard shall yield one bath, and the seed of a homer shall yield an ephah. Woe unto them that rise up early in the morning, that they may follow strong drink, that continue until night, till wine inflame them. And the harp, and the viol, the tabret, the pipe, and wine are in their feast. But they regard not the work of the Lord, neither consider the operation of his hands. 
Therefore my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. And their honorable men are famished, and their multitudes dried up with thirst. So they are all ensnared, like we read at the beginning. They are ensnared by the devil, taken captive by him. Verse 14. Therefore hell has enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure and, and their glory and their multitude and their pomp and he that rejoices shall descend into it. And the mean man shall be brought down and the mighty man shall be humbled and the eyes of the lofty shall be humbled. But the Lord of hosts shall be exalted in judgment and God that is holy shall be sanctified in righteousness. Then shall the lambs feed after their manner, and the waste places of the fat ones shall strangers eat. Woe unto them that draw iniquity with cords of vanity, and sin as it were with a cart rope, that say, Let him make speed and hasten his work, that we may see it, and let the counsel of the Holy One of Israel draw nigh, and come, that we may know it. In verse 20, Woe unto them that call evil good, and good evil, that put darkness for light, Light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. So we see Isaiah bringing out a lot of the flaws in human nature and in, uh, and in character. Woe to them that are wise in their own eyes. Woe to them that are mighty to drink wine and men of strength to mingle strong drink. Verse 25. Therefore is the anger of the Lord kindled against his people. And he has stretched forth his hand against them and has smitten them. And the hills did tremble. Won't read the rest of this verse, but, or these scriptures. But we see that evil ways bring evil consequences. Only as much as God allows. But it's the evil in man who has free will to bring about iniquity. There's the cause and the effect. It brings death. But we know that death is what some have said is just merely a transition. We know it's a transition. Because in the twinkle of an eye at the moment of death, the dead will awake, even though many years will have passed. Hosea chapter 4 Verse 1, Matthew uh, was in this chapter here too. Hear the word of the Lord, you children of Israel. For the Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, and because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. Why is there, why evil? We see because there is no truth, no mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. And it says, by swearing, and lying, and killing, and stealing, and committing adultery, they break out, and blood touches blood. Therefore shall the land mourn, and every one that dwells therein shall languish with the beasts of the field, and with the fowls of heaven. Yea, the fishes of the sea also shall be taken away. I'm also reminded of a verse where it says that wild beasts shall devour your children. There's, we can compare these madmen to these wild beasts devouring the innocent. 
and even also the adults. They're the children of someone too. So we see these wild beasts. Not only, you know, can it happen in, in you know, like bears attacking or sharks attacking, we can also see it happening in this day and age among madmen of this planet. Verse 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because ye have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you, that ye shall be no priest to me, seeing that ye have forgotten the law of your God. I will also forget your children. As they were increased, so they sinned against me. Therefore will I change their glory into shame. They eat up the sin of my people, and they set their heart on their iniquity. And there shall be like people, like priests, and I will punish them for their ways, and reward them their doings. For they shall eat, and not have enough. They shall commit whoredom, and shall not, incre and shall not increase, because they have left off to take heed to the Lord. Whoredom and wine, and new wine, take away the heart. Many do feed on, uh, on the word of God as they should. But lack of that can bring ruin and emptiness to any life. Because as we see from Bible history, how things can turn against the people because of their doings. Ezekiel chapter 7. So we see Hosea. We see Jeremiah. We see Isaiah, we see Ezekiel. The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Also you, son of man, thus saith the Lord God unto the land of Israel, An end, the end is come upon the four corners of the land. Now is the end come upon you, and I will send my anger upon you, and will judge you according to your ways, and will recompense upon you all your abominations. And my eye shall not spare you, Neither will I have pity, but I will recompense your ways upon you, and your abomination shall be in the midst of you, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, An evil, and only evil, behold, is come. An end is come, the end is come. It watches for you. Behold, it is come. Verse 10, Behold the day, behold, it has come. The morning has gone forth. The rod has blossomed. Pride has budded. Violence has risen up into a rod of wickedness. None of them shall remain, nor of their multitude, nor of their, any of their heirs, neither shall there be wailing for them. Ezekiel would say later that the land is full of bloody crimes, which in many ways is like our times today. And that evildoers, we have read, shall wax worse and worse. And there, there be, may be many years before the full fruition of evil envelops this age and this world. Second Timothy chapter 2. The Lord knows them that are his. It says in Second Timothy chapter 3. Verse 1. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So just as God spoke to the prophets of old, he speaks to us today. Therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard of me among many witnesses, 
the same commit you to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. You therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. We're looked at as soldiers in this day and age. No man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. So we're all soldiers. We're all come to fight the good fight of faith in the face of adversity and evil. If a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned except he strive lawfully. The husbandman that labors must first be first partaker of the fruits. Consider what I say, and the Lord give you understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. Uh, we know that the Apostle Paul was not an evildoer, but he was a messenger of the gospel. And the, end of it, the New International Version translates this a little bit better, where Paul is saying in verse 9, For which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. It's not bound. Verse 10, Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. It's a faithful saying. If we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abides faithful, and he cannot deny himself. So, if we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Matthew Henry commented on this verse. He said, if we are dead to, the, to this world, to its pleasures, to its profits, to its honors. We shall be forever with Christ in a better world. And Christ is faithful to not only his threatenings, but faithful also to the promises that he's made to all of us. So this truth makes sure the unbeliever's condemnation and also the believer's salvation. Verse 14. Of these things put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words, nor to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. So, we're being told to, uh, being warned against quarreling about words. It's of no value. It only, runs, it only runs into ruin for those who listen. So we're to do our best, in verse 15, to present ourselves to God as one who is approved, a workman that does not need to be ashamed, who correctly handles the word of truth. In verse 16, that we're to avoid godless chatter, because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. And their word, verse 17, will eat as does a canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure, having this seal, the Lord knows them 
that are his. So he knows you. He knows what you're going through. He knows how you view this age. For blessed are those who cry and sigh for the abominations that are done among uh, man. And let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. <clears throat> Galatians 5, verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Verse 13. For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but to serve, but by love to serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. Don't, you know, don't bully one another. Don't say bad things about others. And we can see how useful Facebook can be in, in a good way. But all of that that sometimes comes across on Facebook or on Twitter and Chitter and whatever <laughs> can spread nonsense, rumors, gossip, threats, and other mischievousness when used in the wrong way. And we see why the evil that can result from those things. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other. So that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the spirit you are not under the law. So we have to let the spirit lead. It's in that song we sang. It will tell you right from wrong. But the decision is ours to make. And so it gives us a list of things that we are to avoid. To avoid these things, the works of the flesh, which are manifest, adultery and fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, a long list here, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. But we know that Satan walks about as a hungry lion seeking whom he may devour in their weakness. And in a lot of these things we are weak. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Romans chapter 12, <clears throat> verse 9. Let love with, be without dissimulation. You know, it's like pretense, like flattery. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. How do you recognize evil? The Holy Spirit will tell you. But it's up to you to whether or not to uh, keep on looking at it. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love. In honor preferring, preferring one another. You know, that's to honor one above yourself. 
not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope. So no matter what takes place in this age, we are to rejoice in hope, to look forward to that time when the kingdom of God is established on this earth with you as judges, as saints, as bringing peace to this troubled world, distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Hard to do. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man, evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. And in human nature, as you know, we're all weak sometimes, you know, it's like uh, when children are given a coloring book, book to color. You look for them to stay inside the lines, but they don't always stay inside the line. But as a parent, you know, you look at the overall uh, look of the picture. And sometimes we you know, color outside the lines. But God is merciful. He pities his children. He is a loving father in spite of our weaknesses. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. And sometimes, for whatever reason, Whatever the psychological reasons of people who turn into madmen, whatever the reason, sometimes vengeance is on their mind. Payback. And you think, well, why the children? Because when you think about it, you get back and you punish the adults by making them suffer precious loss. I don't know if that's Really true or not, it's just an opinion that I have. But vengeance is mine, I will repay. If somebody does you wrong, you've got to trust in God that you will not succumb to the, to the call to evil. Therefore, if, you're a, if your enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirsts, give him drink. For in so doing, you shall heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Why the evil? It is a complicated thing, but we know that the darkness, all the things that are hidden, is going to be revealed in the light of God's judgment, in the light of his truth in an age to come. Satan is the god of this world. He's the prince of the power of the air, the instigator who will be bound, and then evil taken away. But we are called to sainthood and to inherit the kingdom that is to come. And Christ has gone to prepare a room for each and every one of us. And we will rule with him in taking away the evil of this present age. The Lord, as it says, is our shepherd. He is our rock. He is our hope. And he is our salvation. Psalm 23, verse 4 through 6. 
Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And sometimes when you think about that scripture, some can put their trust, you know, in, their, in the arms that they may carry on them. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. <laughs> 